Welcome to City News 570 Rangers Talk. Brought to you by You Save Flooring. Price is so low, just take it and go. Here are your hosts, Mike Farwell and Paul Fixter. Well, what an afternoon we had here at the Memorial Auditorium as the Kitchener Rangers prevail 3-2 over the Kingston Frontenacs. And it was a back-and-forth game, full credit to the Fronts, playing their third game in as many days to stick around with the high-flying Rangers, who I thought were in store for a big one today. France playing their third in as many days. They've allowed the fourth most goals in the Ontario Hockey League this season. And they opened the scoring. 3.09 in. Ethan Miedema with his 18th from Tyler Hopkins and Cal Ewens. It was one nothing for the France. But Hunter Brustevich would get that back for Kitchener. His 12th from Matt Andonovsky and Adrian Misseljevic at 12.10 of the first. It was 1-1. Then in the second, Mashar would give the Rangers their first lead of the day, his 18th from Edward Chalet and Trent Swick at 6.34 on the Channers' power play, 2-1 Rangers. But Kingston was not going away. Jacob Bataglia would score his 30th of the season from Paul Ledwinski at 13.11 of the second. It was 2-2 after 2. We skated through a scoreless third period during which Kingston outshot Kitchener 8-5. And then into overtime we went where really Kingston held the puck for most of the overtime period. But finally, it would work its way back onto the Rangers' sticks. And who else but Carson Rakoff? And at this point, he had so many chances today to pick up goal number 50. The players were clearly looking for him to score game goal number 50, and he was just denied time and time again by J.J. Saleko in goal for Kingston and just had a little bit of bad puck luck. He hit a post. I mean, it wasn't for lack of effort. And in overtime, it seemed as though Rakoff decided with less than a minute to go that this was going to be the time, and he made it the time. And Carson Rakoff becomes the 17th Ranger to score 50 goals in a season. It's the 18th time it has happened because Jeff Larmer did it twice. But Rakoff's 50th from Hunter Brustevich and Edward Chalet, 407 into period number four. And for the second time this weekend, the Kitchener Rangers win in overtime, and they have now won seven of their past eight hockey matches once again the final kitchener three kingston two rangers outshoot the france 27 to 18 kingston goes 0 for 2 on the channers power play the rangers go one for three post-game coverage is brought to you by you save flooring prices so low just take it and go you're listening to city news 570 Once the East Avenue Blues step off the ice, it's time to break down the game. 
This is City News 570 Rangers Talk. Brought to you by You Save Flooring. Prices so low, just take it and go. Here are your hosts, Mike Farwell and Paul Fixter. And back here inside the Kitchener Memorial Auditorium where the Rangers win it in dramatic fashion again. Overtime on Friday night over the London Knights. Carson Rakoff, the OT winner. Overtime this afternoon over the Kingston Frontenacs. And who else but Carson Rakoff, the OT winner. Rakoff now at 50 goals on the season. And the Kitchener Rangers still have, what was this one today? Was uh, game number 59, I do believe. Oh, this was game number 60. Get all my notes here. In the right place. This game for the Rangers with game number 60. So he's still got eight to go. I'm not saying he's going to get to 63, which is the all-time record uh, held by Wayne Presley. But boy, oh boy, Carson Rakoff has certainly had himself a season scoring goals. And the Rangers pick up four points on two home games this weekend. A quick look at our Liebold Electric out-of-town scoreboard. Saginaw leads 4-2 in Guelph late. North Bay pounds Niagara this afternoon 9-3. Erie edges Ottawa 6-5 up in the nation's capital. It's gone final in the Sioux as well. The Greyhounds over the Sarnia Sting 7-3. And late first in Windsor, it's Mississauga with the 2-0 lead on the Windsor Spitfires. Just checking that game in Ottawa. It did not go to extra time. So the Erie Otters pick up a regulation victory 6-5 over Ottawa. Good weekend for the Otters as well. Let's send you downstairs to Paul Fixter and UC Ahokas. Thanks, Mike. I'm downstairs with head coach UC Ahokas. And coach, I have to ask you, coming off such an emotional win on Friday, uh, how important was this to get the two points again today? Really important. Uh, I thought today we kind of, we were the better team the whole game, I thought. Like, we just couldn't finish. Uh, they got the second goal from our little mistake. Pretty much we didn't give we gave two chances the whole second period, and they scored in the one. But overall, like I thought, we're, our structure was pretty good. We were working hard. We were getting plenty of chances. We were a little bit of the finishing was wasn't there. Uh, we were a little bit missing the net, or and their goalie played a great great game. I have to say that. And uh, but it was good. We stuck stuck to our game and kept going. And uh, then OT, we got the final prize and Raykov a great goal. Was that the game plan to get the game to overtime so it could be really theatrical for the fans over here? Get yeah, Raycock. That, that's what we do. That's why that's uh, we we counted that that 50th goal and overtime. Yeah, that's how to score 50 goals in this league. Yeah, he's the 17th player in the history of this club, and the club's been around since '63. That's quite an accomplishment, isn't it? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, he's uh, he has a great shot. He wants to score. He has uh, and the good thing is also now he's getting those goals. In different ways, not only the shot, he's driving to the net and scoring scoring different ways, and that shows that he's getting better and better as a player. There was a lot of greatness in this building today with, with the 82 team being here, the, the, the six Stanley Cups and the two Hall of Famers, et cetera, et cetera. Did the guys get to meet some of these players? And, and if they did, what was the message that the, the 82 players had for the team? Well, uh, we had uh, Scott Stevens, Brian Bellows, and Al McInnes uh, reading the starting lineup, and they 
they uh, they said, and I, I guess also uh, before the warm up, they they met met some of those guys, and I had a privilege last night to meet of them. Uh, it's a great honor. Uh, so many great players in that that team, and uh, yeah, just look at the stats and overall, like unreal. What kind of a junior team? That would have been fun to coach that team at that point. <laughs> Congratulations on a good weekend, coach, and uh, have a good week of practice. Thank you. Back upstairs to you, Mike. Thank you very much, Paul. You see a hocus. How much fun would it have been to coach that 81-82 Kitchener Rangers team? We'll talk more about that when we open the phones for Rangers talk in just a bit. Kitchener, a 3-2 victory here on home ice this afternoon. It's a winning weekend with four points in two games. Your post-game show brought to you by You Save Flooring. Price is so low, just take it and go. This is City News 570. You're listening to City News 570 Rangers Talk. Brought to you by You Save Flooring. Price is so low, just take it and go. Here are your hosts, Mike Farwell and Paul Fixter. Back here at the Memorial Auditorium, the Rangers a 3-2 overtime victory on Carson Rakoff's 50th of the season. Paul Fixter is rinkside. Mike, I'm at ice level with tonight's, this afternoon's second star, Philip Mashar. And Philip, you got a nice goal, but I think what really made it special is having six family members here to, to witness that and, and you get to spend some time with them how did that feel oh yeah i'm so happy they're here it's it's really good support for me and uh yeah last year when they came i i didn't score a goal for them so this year i scored two when they were here so so it's pretty special and i'm glad that they could be here what do what does your family your dad your brothers think of the atmosphere in this building and seeing a game in this arena they said it's a big difference between here and Europe. They really like it, especially like uh, anthems between, uh, like before games, when the kids singing. They said it's it's pretty pretty cool, and they like the atmosphere. It uh, seems like it's kind of like history here and, and stuff like that. So they really like it, and they really like life in Canada as well. And the flag uh, proudly displayed up in the ceiling. Oh yeah, for sure. Every time we we're singing like national anthem before games, I always look at uh, at my flag and feels pretty special. It was a pretty special day here in the building with the 1982 Memorial Cup champion team in, in, in attendance. I know you're too young, for, but you did look up some of the players you told me and the great greatness that they had. Were you able to meet some of the guys? And if so, what message did they have for you? Uh, I knew about the guys, about some guys like Scott Stevens, Al McInnes, and uh, the Bellows, the captain. It's uh, they're I would say legends of the hockey, like two Hall of Famers. So, so it's it's really good, and uh, I'm glad they they could be here, watch us playing, and I'm glad that we won for them. You, you mentioned the word legends. You keep playing the way you're playing. You'll be in that category as well. You've you've had a real good run here. Are you looking at these final few games as you prepare for the playoffs? Hundred percent. Like this last uh, last couple games, I think we have eight until the end of the regular season. So yeah, I'm looking forward for it. We just have to play like a team, like uh, like we played whole season, and uh, then get ready for the playoffs. I think we have uh, a special group this year, really good friends, really good group on the ice, so hopefully we can do something this year. How much do you like playing the center position? I used to play center when I was younger, so like my whole life. Just last three seasons I started playing winger, so I don't mind it. I just, uh, at first, was like a little bit different for me, like didn't know where to go and stuff, but now now I feel like like I used to play before, so it's not a problem for me. Just your, your final, your thoughts on uh, the guy standing right in front of us scoring 50 goals today, uh, this season. That's crazy. Like, he's a really good player, obviously, and a really good goal scorer. His shot is, is really good. And uh, 
when teams team needs him, he he will score. So it's really special to play with this guy, and uh, we're also in the same billet, so so we're really really good friends as well. Appreciate you giving a few minutes of your time. Con continued success. Thank you so much. Back upstairs to you, Mike. Thank you very much, Paul. We're going to see if we uh, stayed out. You know what? We'll send it right back down to Paul and Carson Raycock. Thanks, Mike. We get two players today because Philip Mashar, special day in front of his family, but an even more special day, scoring 50 goals. The 17th player in the history of this team, Carson Raycock, to score 50-plus goals. How does that feel? Yeah, it's awesome. Um, it was kind of a goal I set for myself. Um, I think it's it's been a good year for our whole team. I think a lot of people are having success, and, and we're winning hockey games, so all, that's all that matters. But, yeah, it's it's pretty special to get it for sure. You had an awful lot of opportunities. Salatko did a real good job. Were you getting frustrated at all, or did you know it was coming? Yeah, I think just got to trust myself. I think I had a lot of looks. Uh, our line was playing really well, generated a lot. I knew it was, was going to come eventually. Where did you develop such a prolific shot? Yeah, a lot of a lot of practice. I spent hours my whole life shooting in the basement until I got kicked out of the basement. So, I think uh, I've been shooting pucks, and it's it's my favorite thing to do. And I just like to find ways to score goals. So I think uh, it's a hobby of mine that can never get old. So I'm just gonna keep working on it. Were you feeling any pressure to get to that 50 and, and get it over with? Yeah, not really. I think I saw it a lot of games left or something. As long as we're winning, I'm happy. And I knew uh, I'm playing well. I can help this team win. So I think just gotta keep playing well. I'll be good. Last question I have for you is, how special was it to do to do it in front of the 82 team here? And, and, you know, I know you met some of those guys beforehand. Yeah, it was super cool. Obviously, those are those are legends here, uh, Hall of Famers. And obviously, you've seen how special it was to Danny, and I told him this this would be a good night to get it. So I was I was super happy that I was able to come through with that. Uh, I, I said last question, but I have one more for you. Were they able to get the puck to you? Yeah, I got it here. Sean got it for me, so it's pretty special for sure. Congratulations, and keep it rolling. Thank you. I appreciate it. Back upstairs to you, Mike. Carson Rakoff and Philip Mashar, Billet Brothers, stars of this game. And Carson Rakoff, I, I've seen some different numbers out there already, but I've got my own list here. And unless I made a mistake, uh, to my count, Carson Rakoff becomes the 17th Kitchener Ranger to score 50 in a season. Doesn't matter if he's the 16th, the 17th. I don't, I don't suppose. The bottom line is he is a 50 goal scorer and he did it in overtime as the rangers knock off the kingston front nuts by a final score of three to two post-game coverage is brought to you by you save flooring prices so low just take it and go this is city news 570 you're listening to city news 570 rangers talk brought to you by you save flooring Price is so low just take it and go here are your hosts mike farwell and paul fixter and back here at the Kitchener Memorial Auditorium where the fans sure got their money's worth this weekend. A season-high crowd of 7,400-plus on Friday night watched Kitchener win 4-3 over London in overtime. And then here this afternoon, it's overtime again. Carson Rakoff scores his 50th, and the Rangers win it 3-2. Let's take a look at your three stars from this game. Your three stars, a presentation of the Better Business Bureau. Find a better business at bbb.org. J.J. Saleko, son of Jeff, who had some time in the National Hockey League, still a goaltending coach with the Detroit Red Wings, and he's been elsewhere, but uh, just some terrific pedigree. And J.J. Saleko uh, is named the third star of this game making 24 saves and 
in the second period, 10 of them. So a uh, terrific afternoon for J.J. Saleko gets him third-star honors here this afternoon. Philip Mashar, from whom you just heard with Paul Fixter down at ice level, scored his 18th of the season and was a force to be reckoned with all afternoon. He was named star number two. And is there any doubt when you score number 50 and it's the game winner in overtime, you get to be star number one, and that's who Carson Rakoff is today. So your three stars go Rakoff, Mashar, and Saleko. Three stars brought to you by the Better Business Bureau. Find a better business at bbb.org. Kitchener Rangers hockey and your post-game coverage for You Save Flooring continues on City News 570. Back here inside the Kitchener Memorial Auditorium following a 3-2 Ranger victory over the Kingston Frontenacs, your post-game show for You Save Flooring. We'll get to your phone calls in just a moment, but Paul Fixter just said to me during that commercial break, you could not have written a better script for this weekend and of course Paul is absolutely right but I'll tell you what the happiest person in the entire Ontario Hockey League I would think is Carter George and or the happiest people the entire Owen Sound attack franchise because before today there were two 50 goal scorers in the past 15 years for the Kitchener Rangers Jeff Skinner does it in 2010 scores 50 against Jordan Binnington of the Owen Sound attack, and then Jonathan Yancis in 2019 does it, gets his 50th against Mac Guzda and the Owen Sound attack. The Rangers play the attack on Wednesday night, but Carson Rakoff got it done here this afternoon against Kingston. Isn't that an interesting stat? Like Something that's else, just, eh? It's incredible. Um, yeah, so uh, Owen Sound people can relax, but I'm sure uh, Carson would like to get 51 and 52 maybe against Carter George or whomever is in net for our own sound when we see them on Wednesday. He's still got eight games to go. Now, I'm not about to uh, wave the white flag on Wayne Presley's still-standing franchise record of 63 in a season, and that's been standing for 40 years this year. But to be honest, 13-8 in eight isn't out of the question for Rakoff, but he's certainly got a chance to add to this total. Oh, yeah, he, he does, and, and he will. Um, his confidence, his shot is just incredible. His confidence is high, and, and, you know, the team, we've said this, Mike, if the team is going to continue winning, they're winning ways, he has to be, he is part of the reason they will continue to win if he's scoring goals. Six now, no, seven out of eight now for the Kitchener Rangers, and we talked about this during our Harris Law pregame show, Paul. Coming off a really dreadful stretch for the team during which they lost eight of nine, they now have a chance looking ahead to Wednesday night to make it, eight wins in nine games yeah they're on a real real good roll here mike and and they're using these games to get ready i think having two close games friday and and sunday is great for this club because that's the way it's going to be come playoff time it typically is so you have to find a way to just stay in the game and they did that uh because this game could have went either way kingston wasn't letting up and in the end kitchener found a way to to get that game winning goal in overtime I think it's real good for them to have a little bit of this experience as they head into the playoffs in a couple of weeks. All right. Uh, We want to hear from you, of course, on this terrific Sunday afternoon. Not only did fans here get to see the Rangers win another game in overtime, so you got your money's worth with bonus hockey. You see a win over London on Friday. You see a 50-goal scorer here this afternoon, Yancis. And Skinner both did it on home ice as well as I think back on that. So you've got all of that. And, oh, yeah, by the way, 
1982 Memorial Cup team was here, and it all happened on Don Cameron Day for the House of Friendship. So we've got all kinds of things to talk about as we go extended into Rangers talk. All of it brought to you by You Save Flooring. Phone lines now open to you. This is City News 570. not often, Paul, that I'm at a loss for words, but in this moment, I feel like I'm at a loss for a starting point with the day that it's been here. Let's go back to the very beginning. I actually, I was just coming through the parking lot and I saw you walking in. We both got here earlier than usual today, around 1130, and we barely saw one another from that (laughs) moment on because we were running around catching up with as many alumni as we could by the way we've got a bunch of interviews that we'll be able to play in the days and weeks ahead here on our kitchener rangers broadcasts but also for you and i paul as kitchener natives growing up in this city with this team with this franchise that 82 team has left an indelible impression on the both of us so we had all of that then we have this game the rangers make it seven of eight Carson Rakoff scores his 50th. 3-2 the final. I should get that out of the way. Where do you want to start, Paul? I want to start with you signing autographs between the second oh, and third, stop third period intermission. Well, I, think the, the I thought he was offering you a drink of water. And the next thing to. I know, you're pulling out a Sharpie. So <laughs> that's where we could start. This young man just came up and said, can you sign my water bottle? I said, me? Like, who's standing behind me or who do you think I am? Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Maybe you thought you were Wendell Young. <laughs> but... but uh, uh, no, Mike, I, I don't know where to start either. But for me, the, the the reason I did get here early today, too, is I wanted to take it all in. And I was almost brought to tears. I should have asked the coach uh, about the exchange between the current team and the 82 team at Center Ice. That passed the goosebump test for me, Mike, and it almost brought me to tears on the air. It was so emotional. It was absolutely beautiful. I threw you under the bus in that moment, not knowing that you were as emotional as I was because I saw the Kitchener Rangers team lined up on the blue line, and as that alumni team was recognized and then ready to start this game, the Rangers went out and fist-bumped them all. And I was describing that and got choked, so I stopped at the end of my (laughs) sentence immediately and left open space for you, and you were as I was right there with you, equally choked up, watching that team 42 years apart fist bumps down the line and pretty cool this and, game underway and what an experience too for the kingston frontenacs to witness that you know like it, it's for a lot of these kids uh it won't get any better than that this whole atmosphere the game those players the legends i mean not only ohl kitchener ranger legends nhl legends on the ice including the memorial uh, cup which was pretty cool to see that on the ice i think it was just fantastic so that's where if I had to start about talking about today, it would be that. But when you talk about the, the game that we just witnessed, another victory for the Rangers and an important one. And they just seem to be building, uh, going in the right direction as they head closer and closer to the playoffs. The last time that Memorial Cup was seen on this ice in Kitchener, it was 
literally on the ice <laughs> because after being awarded to the Spokane Chiefs, it broke and fell onto the ice, and that leads to a Don Cameron story, which I'm sure we'll get to get into as Rangers talk progresses today. But I'm sure you've got lots of memories and lots of good feelings after this Ranger overtime victory over Kingston today. So let's get to the phones at 519-570-2545, star 570, and 1-800-570-5715. You are all welcome to be a part of the memories and the excitement of the moment for the Kitchener Rangers. Mark, we're going to start with you. You're on Rangers talk. All right, Mike. Um, Ray Koft, number 50, baby. You got I it. it. I, I knew he was going to get it today, Mike. I knew it. So did Paul and, Fixter. He called it. The fix is in for City Cabs. He said it on Friday. Yeah, he, he called it. Yeah, I don't disagree with him. And, and plus, <laughs> it was the game winning goal of all things. Flair for the dramatic. You betcha. Just beautiful. Just beautiful. And now, Mike, you must have been a bit beside yourself today. With uh, Bellows there, McInnes. Did you get a chance to talk to him, uh, give him a handshake, that kind of stuff? Yes, I did. Uh, Both of those gentlemen and and others who were here today, Mike Eagles, Jim Quinn, the list is is long and and beautiful considering the players and the people. Uh, and, And I was having a difficult time controlling my emotions because uh, I'm sure as Paul yep. and I said before. Yeah. And Paul, you, you felt the same. I know you did. Oh, and these guys were so engaging. Yeah. Like they just were thrilled with this. And they, they said the Kitchener Rangers hockey club has just done a tremendous job all weekend, uh, entertaining them. And, and these guys had a lot of fun, but uh, you ask about Mike Farwell with Al McInnes. He, did a wonderful wonderful interview in the first period intermission that we extended almost to the point of where we could because you know these guys have so many stories and they want to tell them and uh it it was just it's just endless and mark you called the show on friday the daytime show and asked about my favorite ranger of course of all time i did you told me it was jeff farmer exactly and i got to shake his hand today as well beautiful ranger um, of all time mike um uh, you must just be beside yourself it's been a pretty darn good Sunday, yes, sir. Yep. That's excellent. Really and you know what? I just loved it. I listened to Bellows talk. He had a uh, he talked about other players himself and the auditorium. It was beautiful, Mike. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate the okay, call. Mike. I don't know. Okay, buddy. Take care. I'm sure I'll talk to Mark again. He's one of our regular callers, and we love our regulars on City News 570. I don't know what it was about Jeff Larmer. That captured my attention, Paul, over a Bellows, a McInnes, a Stevens. I mean, we all, I was a kid, but there was something about him. And, and by the way, I'll just point out, Jeff Larmer, the only Ranger to have two 50-goal yep. seasons. Larmer did it in 80-81 when he scored 54. And then again in the Memorial Cup year, 81-82 when he scored 51. He had great line mates. <laughs> he Grant, sure did. Grant Martin and, and Brian Bellows, uh, you know, all three of them played in the National Hockey League. All three of them drafted in the National Hockey League. Brian Bellows, as we said, number two overall. I don't know how Boston passed and took Gord Kluzak over Brian Bellows, but that's uh, another. That's for another day, I suppose. But um, just, you know, he had the big clown hair sticking out of the helmet. I think that's what caught my attention. Yeah, yeah. yeah like he just, uh, and he still has it, you know. He does. And he's he's kind of an aloof guy. And he, we, I did an interview with him, so we can play that at some point. He just loves 
his loved his time here. He just can't say enough good things. And he comes back quite often because he's still really close with Biankowski and Casey and uh, Kevin Casey and Mike Moore and, and Joel Levesque and some of these guys that uh, you know still live in this area. And you shared a statistic Friday night, I believe, about, like, I just mentioned the 54 and 51 goal seasons, but then into the playoffs, and he had a season, if you counted all of the games, I believe including exhibition, but he scored more than 70. No, it was it was regular season, the playoffs, and the Memorial Cup. Right, Memorial Cup. He, he had 76 goals in 69 games, and I brought that up to him today, and his eyes lit up. He said, where'd you come up with that? And I said, oh, Mike Moore. And then I, I shared the story about Mike Moore. The only ice that him and Larmer shared was from the the cooler. <laughs> well, Al McKinnis shared another story as well about those, both the 80-81 and the 81-82 teams, because that 80-81 team, that was the year where Brian Bellows was made the captain. They were in last place approaching Christmas. Christmas. That's right. And then they went on a tear and got all the way through to the Memorial Cup final. They competed in the final, lost to Doug Gilmore, Dale Howarchuk, and the Cornwall Royals. But back then... They played those eight-point playoff series. And also, ties were, they happened. If, if a game finished in a tie, it was a tie. So Al McKinnis told me ties notwithstanding, the Kitchener Rangers in those two seasons that he was here, 80-81 and 81-82, lost a sum total in two seasons of three playoff games. Wow. There were some ties, but yeah. three losses. And he said it's... when somebody told him that last night at the team function, he couldn't believe it, but it's right there in black and white. Yeah, that's so. uh, that's an incredible number. I mean, the numbers, the numbers that Dave Schneider shared with us before the game of of that team, and the, the numbers are just astounding. And that's why they are legitimately in the conversation, anyways, of the greatest junior team in the history of junior hockey. No, no question about it. And, and when you start to look at the numbers, Mike, they're just mind-boggling. I, two two people that I, I think we haven't talked enough about too is. Uh, Coach, o- uh, Coach Orville Tessier yes, sir. came in here and changed the culture of this hockey club. He was a demanding man. He was, uh, I don't want to say mean, but like I was playing junior B hockey and I was scared of him. Like, because we shared, you know, we shared the same building all the time. And years later when I worked with him with the Colorado Avalanche, he was a scout with us. I said, Orville, you used to scare, and I w- used to scare me, and I wasn't even on your team. I was on the junior B team. Oh, I wasn't that mean, was I? But he changed the culture for sure. And then he moved on to pro hockey after that 81 season. Uh, Joe Crozier came in here and just carried on the tradition and w- won the Memorial Cup. And I think those two guys were great coaches, great architects. And I like that Brian Bellows mentioned about Mike Penny because Mike Penny was a heck of a general manager. Probably overlooked in the greatness that was that era. Three straight OHL champion, or three three in four-year OHL championships and on to Memorial Cups for the, the Kitchener Rangers. And the story about how he was able to get uh, young uh, Eagles and uh, Al from the from the east coast is pretty cool that would never happen in today's world with technology and stuff when he said hey be quiet about it don't let anybody know those days are long gone orville tessier was the one that stripped the captaincy from joe mcdonnell a good friend uh four stanley cups nothing to sneeze at in his career came back as a coach here he's now in pro hockey uh kitchener boy and he said years later he ended up sharing a car with orville tessier when they were both out scouting and much like you were saying, how much he scared you as a kid, he Joe McDonnell and Orville Tessier, many years later, had to reminisce. And Joe is big enough to admit 
he made the right choice. Do I have a quick quick one here? Yes. Uh, Wendell Young was telling me, you know, this team was a real close team, and they like to party. They like to have fun. And it was after Friday night game. They they all but three guys went out, and when they came back in the next morning, uh, there were th- three. Their, their suits were all there um, because they had gone out in their their play clothes or whatever. But there was three sets of jeans. And Orville says, uh, whose jeans are those? Whose jeans are those? And the three guys, they said, well, they, they were ours. And and Wendell thought they were all going to get heck for, for going out and partying because they had a game the next day. And Orville gave the three guys that didn't go out, he gave them hell because he says, if the team's going out, everybody's going out. And I love that because that's the way it should be. Fantastic <laughs> story there. All right, let's get back to hear from you. And we've got Margaret with us on Rangers Talk. Hello, Margaret. Mike, how are you? Just terrific, thank you. You know what? It was so much fun listening to you and Paul today. I gotta say, I had to be in the car for the afternoon today, and you guys—I mean, you, Mike—you're almost giddy with it, with excitement when you interviewed Al McKinnis. But who wouldn't be? I totally <laughs> agree with you. And oh my goodness, it gave me goosebumps when uh, Carson scored with with a minute left in overtime. So I just wanted to tell the two of you that you're so much fun and so entertaining to listen to. You absolutely love what you do. And you know what? It's kind of a joyful experience to listen to. So thank you. Well, thank you very much. And listen, you've got a long <laughs> connection to junior hockey as well, if I'm getting the voice right here, because at a, there was a time... Uh, yeah, and it wasn't here in Kitchener, but you were selling the popcorn in the concessions at the Peterborough Memorial Center. I was. They were my first love, okay, and I have matured since then for a, for a love of the Kitchener Ranger. But you always love, you still always love your first love, Mike, as you know. But you know, too, all, like from that moment, Mark, uh, so much about yeah. junior hockey, what it means in a community, oh. what the players mean to the fans. Absolutely. You know what? Um, when when I worked at the Memorial Center, Mickey Redmond's dad drove the Zamboni for the piece. Bob Gainey jogged past my house in the summertime. You know, it was just so neat to be in a in a small community where hockey truly is one of the only things to do there. And and it was so much fun. It was such a part of uh, of growing up, and, uh, and it's really special to me still. Thank you for the kind words as well. I am having a lot of fun, and, I, and I've said this time and time again this year. Mike has made it very easy for me to make the transition to, to the booth. Well, you're a great team and so much fun, and thank you for all that you do. And I had a great time listening to you in the car today, so thank you. Thanks, Margaret. Really appreciate the call. Uh, I'll just bring you up to speed and draw back the curtain. That's Margaret Johnston, Ward 8 counselor in the city of Kitchener. So that's how I knew a bit of the background there and her passion for junior hockey. But this was one of those days, Paul, where you almost pinch yourself a little bit. Look, you've been around this game your entire life. Back into it now in a slightly more official capacity here in the booth. I've been broadcasting at this level for a long time i should have graduated to the pros by now but i guess that ship has sailed but but this it, is your nhl no it is my nhl yep. and it always has been and and uh yeah but it's one of those days where you just you take you take a moment and maybe i will when i have a wobbly pop later on to take in the enormity of this day like that, those early 80s teams i was thinking about this 81 82 84 to the Memorial Cup, and then, oh, yeah, by the way, anybody remembering 89-90 and that memorable run versus Oshawa? 
best decade in this franchise's history? Hell, yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. And, like, the players that came through and, and went on to the next to the next level, the next level being the NHL, is phenomenal. Like, it was just a, it was a factory. It was a hockey factory, Mike. And, and you know, we, we talked about the, the players that were here today, but the one player that is really... I, I forgot about this, too, that is really cool. Is, is Robert Savard coming over from the Cornwall Royals, where Orville Tessier had had him in, in Cornwall, won three consecutive Memorial Cups. That, that to me, is... And they really... I asked uh, one of the players I interviewed, I forget who it was, how much, you know, you, you picked his brain and Orville's brain, and they said he was a big reason that we won because he had the experience, and we relied on him to, hey... Don't worry about this, guys, or we'll get through this, guys, or whatever the message needed to be. Robert Savard, kind of an unsung hero on on that championship club. You mentioned Orville Cornwall. We've talked about him here in 80-81. Then it's Joe Crozier with that Memorial Cup in 81-82, picking up, as you said, where Orville left off. Two years later, it's Tommy Barrett with the club going back to the Memorial Cup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just, boy, Let's bring back those days. Eh? Oh my goodness! <laughs> let's start. Let's bring back those days, and let's start this year. I love it. But I mean, listen, this team has won seven of its past eight, and they believe in themselves. They really do. They they truly. It's not an arrogance. It's a confidence, and that's a that's a deadly thing to have. All right, let's get back to the phones. Evan, you're on Rangers Talk. Farwell, Fixer, another great win, eh? <laughs> what about Farwell? <laughs> no, he said Farwell fixed it. Oh, did he? Yeah, oh, I, I you didn't You were getting your far- sip of water. That's sorry, okay. Sorry. And yes, absolutely, Evan. Another great win for sure. Uh, to be honest, that was a great game. I didn't think in overtime. Uh, I thought Matthew Stop was going to get that uh, overtime winner, like the uh, merchandise. But uh, turns out, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Ray What's Cox his name? Hang on. What? <laughs> yes. So that's a that's a double. That's a W. So let's go. All right, Evan. Appreciate the call. Uh, what a way for Rakoff to get his fiftieth. We should take a moment here, though, Paul, and just talk about the overtime that we saw tonight. I, I alluded to it having had the opportunity to sit down and just enjoy a hockey game last night in the National Hockey League. Uh, I don't think either team between the Rangers and the Leafs really had the opportunity to do the whole reset thing, but the fans were booing, and and rightly so. It's not Kingston's fault. The rules allow for it. But hockey, I'll just use generally, maybe not this league, maybe it's the National League, has got to figure out some sort of penalty against the take it out of the zone and reset. I think it'll it'll change next year. It'll be much better. It'll be much like in the NBA where center center ice or center ice center court. You're not allowed to bring the ball. It's uh, what do they call it over and over and back. Yeah. And I think you'll see that uh, brought into the into the National Hockey League and ultimately the junior leagues. The over and back type rule, and you know you you lose possession or or something like that because it it, it is a delay tactic. And at times I thought today maybe. Um, Kingston was hoping just to maybe get to the shootout. You know? Oh yes, it felt that way. That's yeah. that was kind of my feeling on it, my gut feeling on it, that they were trying to get to the to the uh, to the over uh, to the shootout. Sorry, and have you ever seen a player skate faster 
to the bench to get a stick than Roman Schmidt did when he broke his stick, and now the Rangers had an opportunity to go odd man rush two on one. He bolted from the far side over, got a stick, and was able to get back to help defend and break that, that play. So I know he didn't get on the board today, but that's going to be my did he have an impact because he <laughs> he made a heck of an effort. I've never seen a player skate faster to the bench to get a stick. The fix was in for City Cabs on Schmidt having an impact today. Maybe that was the impact that Fix was looking for, and. Just to finish the point, three-on-three overtime at its best is just gorgeous to watch and so much fun. It was the coaches. It is the coaches that ruined it here, Coach. You know that, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, I've I've heard that many times, and you're not wrong. (laughs) All right, back to the phones. Cody, you are on Rangers Talk. Hey, guys. How how are you? We are top of the world, young man. If you're not high today, boy, something's wrong with you. (laughs) What can I say? Carson's 50th goal. I literally yelled out the the number 50 right as he scored that goal tonight. Yeah, it, he was not going to be denied again, was he? Oh, yeah, he wasn't going to be denied. And to score, those, to score that 50th goal in front of those legends tonight, like, like that's got to that's gotta be something. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, Jeff Larmer, who scored 50 on two occasions, was in the building tonight to watch that. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. I'll tell you what, yeah. some of those legends look like they can still play the game. Oh, like, Scott goodness. Stevens looks like the Rock of Gibraltar still. <laughs> you know, McKinnis looks pretty good. Like, some of these guys are in great shape still. Yeah, they really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just want to say, you guys did an awesome job up in the booth tonight. So, give, give you guys a round of applause there. And <laughs> I'll see you guys friday against flint all right cody nice to hear from you we get enough credit up here so we'll we'll hold off the round of applause but we'll write ourselves down as the fourth star <laughs> um th- thanks for the call cody appreciate it good fixie rakoff's 50th chance after chance after chance the the team might have been guilty of trying too hard to find him at times but it it occurred to me when he picked up the puck he was down in the corner in overtime and came back to the blue line and started circling around the other side. And I thought, you know what? It's less than a minute to go in overtime. It seemed to me at that point he was basically deciding now is the time. Like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to do it right here. Well, that would have been his last shift. Sure. So, he, he, yeah, I think the determination. He showed that determination a few times tonight where he, he took to the puck once in the second for sure and once in the third where he took the puck to the net. And uh, Zalasko, uh, Zalasko made a great leg save, kicked his leg out where Carson maybe got in a little bit too tight and wasn't able able to elevate it up over the pad. But he took the puck into the blue paint. We see a lot of Carson's goals from from a little bit further out where he just beats a goalie cleanly because the shot is so good. Tonight he was determined to take it into that high traffic area, the blue paint area, and he did it uh, numerous times. Ultimately, he got the game-winning goal doing exactly that and beating the defenseman um, to the net. Total tangent here, but when you mentioned it was going to be his last shift, so let's go for it. Uh, I know you were behind the bench when it happened in Sault Ste. Marie, Radic Faxa. 29 goals on the season, and I, I, the kid must have had a two-minute shift. Yeah. And, I'm like, and, and he, he had chance after chance after chance, and then he didn't play the rest of the game. And I learned later that Steve Spott said to him, he's on 29 goals as a rookie. You want to go get 30? This is your last shift of this game in the Sault Ste. Marie in Sault Ste. Marie on that Sunday afternoon. Uh, he, he was a he was a fun player to be around. The, the determination that that he had, 
he had a lot of the determination, like Scott Stevens talked about in his interview, that Radic Faxa was here to be a hockey player. That was it. And Scott Stevens talked about that. He said, I had a I had a goal in life. My goal was to be a hockey player and to be the best hockey player that I could be. And he certainly fulfilled his dream. And Radic Faxa is well on his way playing his 600th game this season. He's well on his way to, you know, fulfilling his his dream uh and he uh, you know i had the good fortune of having him here and then traded for him and brought him to sudbury and he was a great fit for us up in sudbury i i love this kid his work ethic is off the charts and how about that then to bring it back to today that story from al mckinnis about working on that slap shot but never <laughs> even thinking no. that it would be like he came from such past a... time it's like going right. fishing it's right i had nothing else i could only take so many bike rides i could only hang out with my friends so much it's i could only go to the beach so many times so i'm going to shoot pucks against the barn but he came from such a small town down east that the, the national hockey league was as in his words another planet to him i'd never heard the story where his first game that he saw was, live was was when he played he said the colorado avalanche it was the Colorado Rockies that it would have been back back then yes and um and the story of how he collected those pucks and the sticks because he went and helped his dad shut down the rink because his mother thought it was you know he didn't want his dad there by himself and he'd go around and collect all those pucks that was a great story I'd never heard that one um and you know he just worked thousand shots a day like in the barn against the barn that's a fantastic story. It, oh, it was. Uh, it's been quite the day here at the Grand Old Dame on East Avenue, and we're not yet done. Paul, you will remember uh, Eddie's call on Friday night after the Rangers beat the London Knights, and and Eddie seemed to think that the Rangers could have played better, right? Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. We're gonna take a break, but Eddie, uh, but buddy, you better have a tin suit on because Eddie took it hard from the fans <laughs> afterwards, and he's got the gumption to call back in today. We'll get to more calls. You're welcome to be a part of it as well. It is. Rangers talk following a 3-2 victory over the Kingston Frontenacs here on home ice this afternoon. Carson Rakoff, the latest golden boy with his 50th. You're listening to City News 570. It's time to speak your mind. Have your say on City News 570, Rangers talk. Call now, 519-570-2545. Brought to you by You Say Flooring. Price is so low, just take it and go. City News 570. Carson Rakoff in overtime. The Rangers 3, the Frontenacs 2. Carson Rakoff becomes the 17th Kitchener Ranger in team history to score 50 goals. The Rangers have won 7 of 8 both victories this weekend here on home ice go to extra time. And as always, after a home game, Paul Fixter and I stay late to take your calls during Rangers Talk. 519-570-2545, star 570, and 1-800-570-5715. Eddie, you're on Rangers Talk. Hello? Okay, before you go too far, do you remember on Friday night when you called into this show... And you said you thought the now. I'm just wondering if you remember calling in and saying after the Rangers beat the Knights, you thought what I said completely. You stand by that the Rangers could have played better than beating London four three. If you recall, I did backtrack and say the first half of the game. The second half of the game was Uh good, and I did acknowledge that right then and there. Uh huh. You backtracked a little bit. Okay. I don't know if they had a 
I don't know if they had a great A scoring chance for the first 25 minutes of that game. Okay, they probably had one. As Paul, as Paul Fixter pointed out on Friday, they allowed six shots in the first period on Friday night. But anyway, you know what? what's and, your and take you know on what? today, Eddie? Well, no, because, you know, I, I, as I saw you mention saying some fans were not too happy. Oh, well, you've so, been taking uh, heat, buddy. You have been oh, taking went, heat. I've been, I've been holding you know their flak jacket. Say, I'll just say, you know what? People just, okay, they beat London. That's great. I'm very happy they did. But that first half of that game, man, I was not. I was not too impressed with it. And you know what? Anybody who disagrees, <laughs> go ahead. But like you said, and I saw right. your one tweet, you know, you know what they should have done? They should have called in. They should have called in. You're absolutely right. The fans that want to criticize on, on social media should absolutely phone in and have their say, for sure. Okay, you know what? focus I, on the matter at hand. How are you feeling today, young fella? Ah, uh, well, yeah, it was cool to see Rakoff get his 50th in overtime. They seem to love to do the 50 goals in a, in a dramatic fashion. I'm thinking just Skinner in the last minute and Yances with four goals. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty fun to see. And then the whole ceremony, seeing the Memorial Cup, all that. Uh, it's, about, it's about time the Rangers actually put on a show for the fans because they seem to really not like to do too much cool things. Um, that's a story for another Oh, day. I disagree, Eddie. They acknowledge the world junior players that come in here. They they do a – I well, disagree I think, with you there, Eddie. more than a pregame ceremony. Like, that's the thing. Like, they, they don't – like they don't do much aside from their little pregame ceremonies, but that's a story for another day. Um, well, no, what what stuff do you want to see them do though? Like explain I don't know, that. Like further. more giveaways, like they used to do. They gave away what, like 150 posters. <laughs> more giveaways. <laughs> you want free stuff? Yeah. You oh, want a well, T-shirt? You know, when, you're paying, when you're paying almost 800 bucks for season tickets, you know, you think you'd like to get something back, but uh, you know wouldn't. what you get? You get entertained. Bingo. You get entertained <laughs> 34 nights, uh, 34 games a year. For a well, very good at, value, I offer. When you look at what the other teams offer, you could get a little more. But um, anyways, you know what? I, enough of this rambling. I just good game for the boys. Um, we got Eddie flustered now, eh? <laughs> he is flustered. Well, yeah. You know what? It's because just whatever. Just, just Eddie, what are you going to do with that hat that you got signed by Al McKinnis? Uh, I'm not going to wear it again. Not that I was going to wear it again. I only brought it out for the first time this season. But um, yeah, going to. Throw that in my shelf or something. I got two other guys, uh, two other guys in the uh, McClellan Hall after the game. Got a photo from the Memorial Cup. That was pretty cool. I got Casey and, uh, gosh, feel bad for forgetting, but there was one other guy I got. That's awesome. Yeah. Good memories from today, then. Yeah. No. No. That was fun. That was fun. Look All right, Eddie. To, uh, Listen. Wednesday, no one sound. Absolutely. Always appreciate hearing from you. I promise not to give you such a rough time next time. I think what Eddie might be alluding to, Paul, and I've heard from time to time in these here parts, is when you look up into the rafters, many a banner exists. But retired and or recognized numbers are in short supply for a franchise that's now 60-plus years old. Maybe. And, I mean, I I get the sense that is a franchise decision, right? We've got the number one fans up there. And then the players that go up, I believe, are the players that are... Is it only the Hall of Fame? They've got Larry Robinson up there. They've got McKinnis up there. Yeah, uh, well... Dwight Foster's up there. Dwight Foster's up he, there. He's not Hove. Um, you know, the other one that they have that is very nice, Jim McGeechee. Yes. Was uh, killed in a car accident, and they've acknowledged him. Uh, so, there, I mean, there are some Hall of Famers up there. I guess the but, bottom line is it's a high bar to get a number and name put in these rafters. 
So how good you must feel when you do get up there, knowing how difficult it is to right. get up there. And I, I actually like that it is that difficult to get up there because, you know, the hall of it's the Hall of Fame. It's not the Hall of Greatness. It's the Hall of Fame. It's the best players. And I think they've gotten away from that a little bit, Mike. I think it's now become the Hall of Greatness, in my estimation, where the Kitchener Rangers are steadfast. You're going up there. You're a Hall of Fame type player. That's just my take on it. I think you're bang on when you talk about the Hall of Greatness versus the Hall of Fame. And let's keep the standard then pretty high. Another guy who's up there, I'll just point out, is one Mr. Don Cameron, who has called more than 4,000 games in this league. Talk about a Hall of Fame broadcast. <laughs> oh, there, my there, goodness. There it is, you know. Mike, let's get back to what it means to you to have worked with Don Cameron on a day that I don't want to lose sight of the fact that this was Don, this was Don Cameron's day as well. Yeah, it, it's a really good point. And I should also point out that Darcy Harris. So I shared a picture of Don on Twitter earlier today because it was the day that Don helped get started with the Potato Night in support of the House of Friendship because of his native PEI. What a perfect tie-in. PEI famous for its potatoes, the food drive needing potatoes, etc. So it all began. The picture I shared was of Don Cameron in Plymouth. Many, many years ago, he's holding Cody Saul's stick. <laughs> Cody Saul, as you know, was six foot six, yeah. big defenseman. And and Don, not much taller than me. And so when he's holding Cody's stick, the the butt end of the stick is up over Don's head. I shared that picture earlier today, and even Darcy Harris, who actually, an Islander himself, was here in 96 when Potato Night got started, and responded back his thoughts on Don, seeing that on on social media earlier today. What I'll say quickly is, obviously growing up in this city, I grew up listening to Don, and he, he, he was my Foster Hewitt. He was my Bob Cole, pick your era. I listened to him all the time. And when I started in broadcasting, I had I, I started out doing music radio. I was a DJ playing Celine Dion songs on the radio station I was at. But I, I had an interest in being involved in sports, and I didn't know what to do, and I didn't know my arse from a hole in the ground. So I decided to write Don Cameron a letter. Yes, this is back in the early days. So I'm, I'm working out at a radio station in British Columbia, and I wrote a letter to Don Cameron back here in Kitchener at CKCO-TV where I thought I could track him down. And essentially, the long and the short of this, Don, I would like to to do a job like yours someday. Basically, I'd like your job someday. And some people, I think, in his position would be like, listen, you little snot-nosed kid, just buzz off. And Don Cameron wrote me back. My one of my greatest regrets is I've I've saved all kinds of goofy things through my life. I didn't save that letter. I wish I had. But I'll never forget it. That the man who meant so much to me and was a mentor to me took the time to write me back, give me some advice. Etc. And then fast forward from that time, about 15 years, but I would end up working alongside. And I'll never forget that game in Windsor, standing beside Don to broadcast a game for the first time. I was weak in the knees during the national anthem, and all I kept telling myself is, don't screw up, don't screw up. Like, just, just do the minimum necessary, but do it as best you can because you're working alongside Don. And then and he could not have been kinder to me. He could not have been more gracious. And I, I'm proud to say I, I feel firmly that over the years we became friends and that I could regale you for the rest of this day and then some stories from the road where we would sit up and have a couple of adult beverages and he would tell stories. And it was some of the best, absolute best times of my professional life. 
And I did allude to earlier, I want to share this story because it just is so dawn. We talked about the last time the Memorial Cup was seen in this building before today was when Spokane won it here in 2008 and, and the trophy broke. And so I was standing right in this booth beside Don Cameron. And when the trophy fell, Don, Don the words that came right out of his mouth, oh, my God, they broke the trophy. <laughs> and about 15 to 20 seconds later, Don apologized in, in his own words, I'm so sorry for my outburst because he said, oh, my God, God. on yeah. the air. And that is not Don Cameron was always at the church of his choice on Sunday mornings. And yeah. oh, my God, was not a phrase that Don Cameron would ever utter. So he apologized. <laughs> Imagine uh, the things that we have all said since and yeah. thought nothing of saying, oh, my God, was a little bit too much of an outburst for Don. Cameron. Yeah, I wish that's all I had said years ago. <laughs> it, would, it wouldn't have gone so viral. That's uh, right. That's a, that's a great story, your history with Don Cameron. And, you know, I just I should mention one other Hall of Famer that was here today just down from us, Jim Gilchrist. Oh. What made me think of it is uh, Dan from TV, Dan Palaszczuk, uh, asked me to take a picture of him and Jim Gilchrist. Gil- Gilchrist together and what a what a tribute that is to Jim for Dan to ask you know to have a photo of taking with a Hall of Famer and Jim Gilchrist that's an excellent point Jim has been the longtime voice of the Kingston Frontenacs back from when they were the Kingston Canadians and the Raiders he, he got to Kingston in the 80s he's called just this season back in November he marked his 3000th game and think about this Paul there were seven seasons where because of what happened in the broadcasting industry side of things, he was off the air. So add those seven seasons back in, you're talking close to 500 more games, and he'd be knocking, and he's terrific, terrific guy, in terrific shape. Who knows how much longer he's going to And he's loving it, so he's not going anywhere. Excellent point by you. Okay, uh, back to the phones following this 3-2 overtime victory for the Kitchener Rangers here this afternoon over the Kingston Frontenacs. Carson Rakoff gets his 50th, and we've got Stephen on the line with us. Hi, Stephen. You're on Rangers Talk. Hello, my friends. How are you? We're great, thanks. Good. Yeah, I tell you, I think uh, this weekend overall, uh, boy, I agree with Fixie. Talk about a script. I don't think... Old William Shakespeare could write a better script for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's... How'd you enjoy today's game? Uh, I mean, you know, how could you not, right? So, you know, just to see the CD alumni, um, I well remember the 80s because um, that was basically first time at the odd. I was only a teenager, but after that a little older so you know you get a little more knowledgeable and you know and like i said my friend went to high school with five bellows <laughs> and uh yeah that's i believe that's also when they had the uh 24 game win streak i believe it was in the 80s it was so. a 25 game win streak in 84 yeah 25 yeah yeah for sure still so a chl record yeah still the record right and that's yeah, that's no when doubt. you had to win in regulation, correct. Like if that if that is ever going to get broken, it's probably going to be a team that wins in overtime. To me, that there's an asterisk there because winning in overtime and winning in regulation are different. We didn't have the extra five minutes. You got to tie. That's right. Yeah. Sorry exactly. for interrupting, yeah. Stephen, but yeah. yeah, no problem, no problem. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. I mean, a little bit of first, but hey, I mean, Carson Rakoff, you want to get him his fiftieth, so yeah, I think they were kind of gunning for that, and then. Kind of realize, oh, we got a game to win, but uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, this whole weekend's been awesome, and that's, like I said, right since 1975. I've 
But it's going to the odd, you know, seeing the team play it. Because usually you do, you guys do a great job, no doubt. And you know, always uh, makes my Sunday because the next day back to the grind. But yeah, I like, <laughs> yeah, I like Scott Stevens' uh, interview. I mean, Al McKinnis his was great too. And like Fixie, when you asked him that what's changed in the game, and basically his comma was the physicality. It's a little different well, now. I knew the answer when I asked it. Yeah, but, Scott Stevens could not play this game today. Yeah, I I had yeah. to ask it because, I mean, he he's still what people talk about. Oh, boy, you come through the middle like that. You wouldn't do that when Scott Stevens was on the ice. So the game has changed for sure. No question about yeah. it. It's funny you mentioned about Brian Bellows and your friend going to high school and stuff. I ran into Lance Roberts, and Lance, you know, longtime NHL referee, he said, boy, it was really – um, throwback for me is because I refereed all these guys way back in the day. So wow. everybody has a little bit of a connection to this. Uh, hear what happened today? Yeah, no doubt. Oh, hey, that's great. So I think, uh, you know, yeah, we had a bit of a slump there, the losing streak, but, you know, there were reasons. But I think now. We don't talk about that anymore. We've moved on. Yeah, seven of eight yeah. now. Seven of eight. <laughs> well, now, now is a great time to get hot as we're winding down the regular season. So. Anyway, gentlemen, awesome weekend. Uh, talk to me as usual. Take care and uh, talk to you soon. All right, Stephen. Appreciate the phone call. I, I want to – you're just talking about the right time to get hot. And uh, we'll take a break, but I want I want you to think about this, Paul, during the commercial timeout. And, and you too, uh, those listening to Rangers talk, because I think it's a really interesting question that our – colleague from Guelph, Mark Perry, brought up when he called in Friday night following a storm uh, victory in overtime. Or did they go to a shootout? Either way, in extra time. But if you had asked me, and I said this to somebody coming into the building today, if you'd asked me two weeks ago who the Rangers were going to play in the first round, I would have bet money on it being the Guelph storm. But all of a sudden, and the Erie Otters won again this afternoon, Guelph lost. So Erie has leapt over Guelph. Owen Sound is in action tonight. They're getting underway in about 20 minutes. It could well be the Erie Otters getting up to fifth place. So the question that Mark Perry asked and really got us thinking, and we'll think about it during this commercial timeout and then come back and talk about it, who do you want to face in the first round, Rangers fans? Kitchener is going to finish fourth, but right now fifth is wide open. It's going to be Erie, Owen Sound, or Guelph. Who do you want? We continue Rangers talk following a 3-2 overtime victory over Kingston. It's brought to you by You Save Flooring. You're listening to City News 570. Got something to say about your East Avenue Blue? Call now. 519-570-2545. It's City News 570. Rangers Talk. Brought to you by You Save Flooring. Price is so low. Just take it and go. City News 570. Well, the Kitchener Rangers pick up their seventh win in eight games this afternoon. They remain four points behind the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds because the Sioux, a big winner over Sarnia today, 7-3 to three at home on our Liebold Electric out-of-town scoreboard. The Greyhounds still hold a game in hand. So the bottom line is it's going to be awfully difficult for the Rangers to catch the Greyhounds for third place. But I'm confident in saying, in fact, mathematically, heck, yeah, mathematically, it's our no, it's not quite because Owen Sound has nine games left. They yep, no, mathematically, Rangers are in third, fourth place. Owen Sound can get as many points as Kitchener. I guess it might have to go to the head-to-head. It's almost a certainty, 
Stop trying to do the math on the air, Mike. Uh, it's almost a certainty the Rangers are going to finish fourth. The question now becomes, as we continue with Rangers talk, who will be in fifth place? And, and I'll start this way, Paul Fixter. I no longer believe, as much as I would have two weeks ago, guaranteed you that it was going to be Rangers-Guelph in the first round with Guelph finishing fifth. I don't think that's going to happen anymore. No, I don't either, Mike. And I, here's what it comes down to for me. We've played Guelph twice, and we play Owen Sound twice. How important are those games going to be in determining who is fourth, uh, sorry, who's fifth and who's sixth? And we have Erie. So we actually become a big factor in determining who is in fifth place, in my mind, with having five games against the three teams we're talking about. That is really interesting. So you want to add a little bit of drama to these last eight games for the Kitchener Rangers. There is a big part of it. Just to bring you up to speed, thanks to Erie's win today, their third in a row, and they did it in pretty fine fashion through the road trip. They, they win in Kingston on Friday. They win in Owen Sound, or pardon me, in Ottawa uh, earlier today. Not an easy place to win. So Erie currently holds down fifth place with 61 points. They have played 60 games. Owen Sound plays its 60th game tonight, and they are at home. I believe that's to Oshawa, is it not? Which will not be an easy game. Let me just make sure I got that right for you. Uh, Sorry, to the Peterborough Peets. So, tough, tough matchup for the Peets for sure. But Owen Sound sitting on, so it goes Erie with 61, Owen Sound with 60, and Guelph with 60. So Erie right now in 5th, Owen Sound in 6th, Guelph down to 7th, and not all that far ahead of Flint anyway. But I think it's going to be either Erie or Owen Sound, but I never would have thought that Erie was going to climb as far as they have from 7th place up to where they are now. So if it was to be Erie, you're facing a team, us, like Kitchener, facing a team that's on, on the climb heading into the playoffs playing very good hockey that's a scary scenario mike uh not to be the downer here on a day where we're so high but i mean that's something to think about they're they're a team that's really moving up and moving fast and we've talked about their goaltending you know you don't get to pick your poison for me it would be guelph but you're right i i really truly believe it's going to be owen sounder erie no 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 opponent is easy but those are two tough opponents that is an excellent point on erie at least at this point with three weeks to go in the season on an upward trajectory and they're doing it without benjamin godro who's not yet back so that just makes them all the more formidable as an opponent and then you look at the owen sound attack which was a team i was looking at in the lower tier paul that i was never all that comfortable with erie is still a younger team owen sound went out and added at the deadline they've got a nice piece on the back end in connor smith who i've always liked We know that Carter George is as good as they come in this league. Colby Barlow banged up and in and out of the lineup again, but he's, I I might, I might love the kid too much. So I could be biased here. I have a lot of time for him. I I think I do too. Denny Gore. Denny Gore. Sedley. Sedley on the defense. Like all of a sudden you're talking and fortunately Kitchener would have home ice because the Bayshore is no fun. Absolutely no fun to play in. So bottom line is if we both agree that Guelph is, trending in the wrong direction and i think anybody that looks at the standings can recognize that either erie or owen sound make for a difficult first round for the kitchener rangers no question about it and isn't it interesting though that we have eight games remaining five of them are about against the three teams that we're talking about that 
that is really going to factor into it. Well, so this is really interesting, too. Owen Sound comes Wednesday night, and then it's Flint London, and now you're down to five games and four of them left against those teams. So it's going to be a wild time down the stretch. And that, Eddie, is what you get for your ticket price here. That is the value. That that is that's better than getting a free T-shirt in my mind. I I think you make a great point. And listen, we I, I want to be really clear about this. Neither Paul nor I are paid by the organization. We have we are not here to carry water for the Kitchener Rangers. They don't put any nickels into our bank account. We are paid by Rogers Media and City News Five Seventy. We just both happen to be huge fans of hockey at this level and i'll take you back to friday night i would submit to you paul that the game that we got in here including the way it was officiated i've mentioned this many times by dave lewis and drew jackson kind of letting the players decide we saw a quintessential junior hockey game on friday night everything you want from a hockey game that's what you get your monies for and i'd mentioned it earlier today when mike mckenzie general manager mike mckenzie's uh, texting his father saying, Dad, this is one of the best junior hockey games I've ever seen. Mike, I'd, I'd put a, that's one of the best hockey games I've seen. Put it up against the NHL all day long. Exactly. That was fantastic. And for, uh, there was a less of a, there was one less zero on the end of the ticket price coming here than going and watching an NHL game. That to me is the, why we come here to watch and get entertained like, like that. I go back to that uh, 2017-18 Ranger team that went to the West Final against the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds, and oh my, did we have some dandies in that West Final as well. You're so right. Value for money at this level. We got it on Friday night, and uh, we, we had it that year in the playoffs, and I think there's a lot still to come. Good value for money in this league at this level for sure. Rangers Talk brought to you by You Save Flooring. Price is so low, just take it and go. Who do you want the Rangers to face in the first round? We're back with more on City News 570. We want to hear from all the armchair coaches. Call now, 519-570-2545. It's City News 570, Rangers Talk. Brought to you by You Save Flooring. Prices so low, just take it and go. City News 570. staff here at City News 570 just informed that with the victory today over the Kingston Frontenacs, the Kitchener Rangers have now beaten every other team in the Ontario Hockey League this season. Which, Paul, when you think about it, given cycles in junior hockey, how you only see teams from the other conference twice if they're in the right side and you're not, etc., it's not too hard to win two games from a team over a season. That's, uh, that's pretty impressive. It's an incredible stat. It's one, Mike, that I know it's happened before, but I certainly can't recall when. I I've never was part of that, for sure. That's a real tribute to consistency of this hockey club all season long. Even when we went through that stretch, they've been a pretty darn consistent. They got out of that stretch, and they started winning again. So kudos to them for persevering. Let's go back to the phones and hear from Jim on Rangers Talk. Hi, Jim. Hi, Jay, Paul. How are you? Great. Very good, thanks. I got to agree with uh, Mike McKenzie. This was a great weekend of junior hockey. Although my beloved Knights lost Friday night, it was a great game, and the Rangers played a heck of a game today. You, you know, Jim, I had the feeling, and I, I wish I had said it on the air, that going into that overtime, 
I didn't care who was going to win that game because we had been treated to such a good game. And now you saying that as a London fan, I think you'd agree. You guys have enough wins anyways. <laughs> I agree 100%. And same with this afternoon's game. Kingston played one heck of a game for being the third game of the weekend. They could have come in here and said, you know what, we're done, we're spent. No, they came in, they played hard, and they're leaving with a point, which is good. But like I say, great weekend for junior hockey all around. Yeah, absolutely. It was so entertaining, and I, I, I like the fact that you recognize what Kingston did because 3-3 and three three is very difficult to do. They've done it back-to-back weekends. Last weekend they had 3-3 three and three as well. So to do it back-to-back weekends is, is not easy, and they really gave Kitchener everything they, they had tonight, and they emptied the tank, and, and kudos to them for, for getting that point and, and feeling, you know, feeling good because the emotion was so high and everything in here. It wouldn't have been an easy environment for Kingston to, to play in. Yeah, no, they could have easily folded yep. up the tent. And they didn't. Jim, how yep. does, uh, just before we let you go, how how does a guy, because it sounds like you were at both games here at the Memorial Auditorium this weekend, how does a guy in Kitchener remain a London fan, out of curiosity? I live in Woodstock, buddy. Uh, so, okay. So, so uh, I wasn't at either game. I watched the game Friday night, and I listened to you two uh, this afternoon. So, Oh, thank you. I'm a diehard OHL fan. I love it. I don't follow any NHL hockey. I, I love watching my OHL and listening to my OHL hockey. Love to hear that. Co- Jim, thanks for this. Cody Saul hails from Woodstock. Do you know him at all? I do so. I used to work at the <laughs> rink here in town. So Cody played hockey when I worked in the rink. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Love to hear from another passionate junior hockey fan. Jim, thanks for calling in today. Hey, thank you guys. That's a great note to wrap up Rangers talk on this afternoon, Paul. This this is what it's about. I I I love you. You mentioned before this is my NHL. I love this league. I love the game at this level. I think you get tremendous bang for your buck. And what a weekend we've had here in Kitchener. Oh, just just awesome. It's it, it it's sad that today had has to end because it was just such a high for me. Me like, too. Uh, just the emotions. I, I was very emotional, and and that takes a lot to get me that emotional. It, it did it today. Carson Rakoff is the latest 50-goal scorer, 17th in Rangers franchise history. Kitchener has won seven of its past eight. Overtime wins over London and Kingston. What a weekend here at the Memorial Auditorium. The final today, the Rangers three, the front next two. Paul Fixter and I will be back on the air Wednesday night from Owen Sound. Your pregame show will start at 6.35. We hope you will join us then. On behalf of... Of my broadcast partner, Paul Fixter, and our producer back at the boardwalk, Jordan Malcolm. My name is Mike Farwell. I bid you a very good Sunday afternoon from the Memorial Auditorium in Kitchener. This has been another edition of City News 570 Rangers Talk. Brought to you by You Save Flooring. Prices so low, just take it and go. You're home for the Kitchener Rangers. City News 570.